Well, the uh, family and friends of Ruth Roddick would like to welcome you to celebrate the life of their loved one. And so let's uh, bow our heads and open with a word of prayer. Father, in Jesus' precious name, we thank you for the many blessings you have given us. But today, we come to you in our time of sorrow, but also in our time of joy. For we know that our friend Ruth is now with you in heaven, where there is no more pain and no more suffering. So we celebrate the fact that Ruth is now with Jesus. We pray, O oh Lord, that you comfort her husband, Robert, and her relatives and friends that grieve her departure. Help us to come alongside Ruth's family and friends during this time to give them the encouragement they need. You are the God of all compassion. Be with the Roddicks in Trinity Bible Fellowship in the absence of Ruth, for it is tough to say goodbye. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Thyself in the sight of the Lord. Humble thyself in the sight of the Lord, and He will lift you up higher and higher, and He shall lift you up. Humble thyself the sight of the Lord, humble thyself in the sight of the Lord, and He shall lift you up higher and higher, and He shall lift you up, up into heaven, and He shall lift you up higher and higher and he shall lift you up in the Old Testament Job stated for I know that my Redeemer lives, and at the last day he shall take his stand upon the earth. And after my skin is destroyed, this I know, that in my flesh I shall see God. The Apostle Paul tells us that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us.
God When I am in awesome wonder Consider all the worlds thy hands have made I see the stars I hear the rolling thunder Thy power throughout the universe displayed and then sings my soul, my Savior God, to Thee. How great Thou art, how great Thou art. And sings my soul, my Savior God, to Thee. How great Thou art, how great Thou art. Glades I wander and hear the birds sing sweetly in the trees. And I look down from a lofty mountain grandeur and hear the brook and feel the gentle breeze. And then sings my soul, my soul. God to thee, how great thou art, how great thou art, and then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee, how great thou art, how great thou art, and when I think that God his son not sparing sent him to die I scarce can take it in on the cross my burden my burden gladly bearing he bled and died to take away my sin then sings my soul my Savior God to thee How great thou art How great thou art And then sings my soul My Savior God to thee How great thou art How great thou art When I shall come with shout of acclamation and take me home what joy should fill my heart and I shall bow in humble adoration and there proclaim my God how great thou art then sings my soul Savior God to thee How great thou art How great thou art Then sings my soul My Savior God to thee How great
Gospel of John, chapter 11, verses 25 and 26, Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me, he shall never die. John 14, 6, Jesus declared, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. John three sixteen and 18, Jesus told us, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world. And he who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. All right, right now, Ruth's sisters, Lois and Louise, are going to come up and share a song with us. sing this song called He Giveth More Grace because when we found out that our sister had gone to be with the Lord uh, he gave us more grace to, to stay at peace knowing that he is with the Lord Jesus and that was his greatest desire He giveth more grace when the burdens grow greater, He sendeth more strength. When the labors increase, to other affliction He addeth His mercy to multiply trials. His His love has no limit, His grace has no power, His hours no boundary known unto men. For out of His infinite riches in Jesus, When we have exhausted our store of endurance, when our strength has failed and the day is half done, when we reach the end of our many resources, 
Our Father's forgiven, He's only begun. He has no lonely measure, His grace has no measure. His power has no boundary, none unto men. For out of His infinite riches in Jesus, He giveth and giveth and giveth again. chance. Um, oops. Oh, I'm stepping on the same thing. Um, I probably didn't know my sister Eunice as well as some of you because I lived in El Salvador and she lives in Washington. She lived in Washington. But I knew her heart. And two things I can say about her one is that she was an evangelist. She didn't miss a chance to share the gospel with people. I know she introduced all of her grandchildren to Jesus except two. And about three months ago, she said, help me pray that Danny and Samantha will come to know the Lord Jesus as their Lord and Savior. So I know Lois and I have been praying with her for that. And the pastor read the, read the verse in John 14:6 that says that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except by him. So if you are here and don't know Jesus is your Lord and Savior, and love my sister, our sister, their mother, aunt. The only way you will see her again is if you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. That's the only way. Because he is the way, the truth, and the life. I have um, one stanza and a chorus of another hymn that when I've had rough times uh, is giving me peace. And I want to share this with you. <clears throat> no one understands like Jesus. He's a friend beyond compare. Meet him at the throne of mercy. He's waiting for you there. No one understands like Jesus when your day is dark and drear. No one is so sweet, so Kind as Jesus, cast your every care on Him. And turn me, I'm cold. <laughs>
Amen. That was beautiful. That was beautiful. All right, now we're going to have an opportunity for all family and friends to uh, come up to this microphone and share some thoughts, some words, some memories about Ruth. So feel free to come up here and just walk up and use that microphone right there. I'm Bobby Rice. Sorry, I'll compose myself in a minute. Uh, Eunice was my baby sister. I've lost both of my baby sisters. I have no doubt where Eunice is now. But I, she's not here for me to hug. Growing up, Eunice and I didn't get along at all. <laughs> we fought like cats and dogs. And we became such good friends as adults. And one day she asked, why do you think we didn't get along as kids? Well, I know the answer, and I told her. I had a lot of friends. They didn't come to see me, they came to see her. <laughs> I, I mean, they would come around and, and the first thing is, where's Eunice? <laughs> Sorry, Robert. <laughs> this was before your time. Uh, I guess another story I want to tell you happened fairly recently when I was here to visit. Uh, Eunice and Robert, uh, we were on our way to see uh, Eddie, and uh, she was guiding me, I was driving, and she says, um, you need to take exit such and such. And I said, oh, okay, that's only nine miles away. And she looked at me and she said, how do you know that? I said, well, this is exit such and such, and this one, we're going nine miles away. You mean that's what those numbers mean? <laughs> and she started laughing. And I don't know if you know Eunice, but to y'all it's Ruthie. I'm, I'm sorry, I forget. But she almost wet her pants again, <laughs> you know, the way she was laughing. And uh, I have heard some sermons uh, from preachers that give the illustration that if a bus came outside right now, and the driver got out and he said, on the way to heaven right now, how many of you are coming with me? You just would have been there. She would have kicked the driver out because he wasn't going fast enough. If you know you just for months, years, she has been saying, I want to go to be with the Lord now. She said that over and over. And I said, Eunice, you cannot go before I do. And uh, so she was not only my sister, she was my very dear friend. And I thank you all for being here. Thank you. And I love you. I love you. Okay, 
I really don't like speaking in a microphone, but I promise I can be loud enough. Um, I apologize for the tears in advance. I'm only sad because I'm selfish, because I want her here. But like he just said, she truly did want to go home to the Lord. going to say, and I kept trying to think of what to write, what to say, what to share, and I truly believe that God just wants me to share what I know of her last day. Her last day is something that I wish I could have, and all of the loved ones I've ever known. write anything personally, but I I got something very sweet from my father-in-law, who can't be here today, and so I'm just going to read it, because he and my mother never met, not a single time in person, and they spoke on the phone one time, and this is what he had to tell me about that when I told him that she passed. He wrote, I can personally attest to the love for the Lord. She called me personally and spoke to me about the precious father-son relationship I had my part in destroying. She said she prayed for me and Cody to reconcile and repair our relationship. She truly cared and I felt it. Your wonderful mother was responsible for Cody and I repairing our relationship that I so deeply wanted to do but could not find the way on my own to fixing. After her phone call, I asked my men's breakfast group that I met with weekly to pray for Cody, you, and I to be reconciled and made whole in relationship. God answered those prayers because of his faithful servant, Ruth Roddick. I will be forever grateful for your mom. Love you and praying, Robert Mills. <sighs> Thank you. I'm going to walk around while I do this. Um, so I'm Eddie. I'm uh, 
the eldest. Um, I just want to share a couple memories and thoughts. You know, it's, I don't know. It's weird. I'm weird. I've had weird thoughts this morning. I was like, if you took all the tears that everybody had cried since mom died and you put them in a big tub, how many people could bathe in it? I mean, that's weird, right? Um, anyways, um, you know, mama, she taught me so much about God. She was so devout, um, you know, and, and I remember, uh, you know, she was always praying, but when she really wanted to get down to it, she was always on hands and knees. And I, I can remember, you know, being a kid, and like, mom, mom, you know, and then I'd get up there while she answering, because she's praying, right? And uh, I don't know if you know, but when she was, uh, when she died and she was found, she was at the couch in a, a posture of prayer. And some might say, you know, coincidence, I think um, God was like, all right, come on up. You know, because she'd been, she'd been uh, praying for so long. Um, you know, um, my daughters have helped me so much through this time. I'm done with this thing. Uh, my daughters have helped me so much because whenever she'd come over, she would say, when I'm tired, I want anybody to be sad. So I'm not much of a public speaker, I apologize. Um, I just wanted to share a story um, about my mom, a couple different ones. Um, when I was in the 10th grade, I got an English assignment to write about someone that I admired. And um, I thought about everybody, and I picked my mom. And I'm not going to read that to you guys today, because I had to have so many words, and it was really long. Um, but um, I wanted to share a couple of things, um, her gifts. Um, to all of us. So my mom was a lot of fun. Um, she was the life of the party. Um, I remember uh, she's pretty famous almost in, in church and uh, I had the privilege of working with her for about 12 years in the same office. Um, she, <laughs> um, I remember one time we were leaving um, at a, a worship and we parked somewhere um, at a red light and there was somebody else from the service in the car next to her. And instead of looking over and waving, she started revving her engine. <laughs> she was going to race them. And then she took off and didn't see them again. Um, she was um, a little bit competitive, and I may have inherited that. Some might even say she cheated from time to time. Um, but she was always a lot of fun. Um, my mom was also very generous, um, not only with... Um, money, tithing, uh, gifts to her family, gifts to missions, um, but also with her time. Um, she volunteered at um, the local prison, um, the crisis pregnancy centers, um, mentioned she was doing Sunday school here, uh, and she's had missions um, across the world. And um, 
she also was generous with her home. We had families that came to stay with us. There was always, it seemed like, some, some person staying with us from work or wherever who didn't have a place to stay, and so she was very generous with that, too. She was also fearless. Um, she didn't seem to be uh, care about what other people thought of her. She um, was willing to share the gospel with anybody, and if anyone met her, she would look for a chance to try to share Jesus with them. But I think the thing that I admire the most is her faith, um, which was unwavering. She um, never doubted that she would see God again, whether he came back and took all of us home or um, when she went to heaven. And um, just a really quick story. She, um, I was at Awana or something, and uh, she had been at the church for um, a meeting, and a guy came in off the street and asked... Um, he said he needed some medicine and he didn't have money for it. And the church had taught, elders had talked about it and they decided they, it wasn't the appropriate way to go about it, you know, on a Wednesday night. Um, and the guy got mad and yelled and said, no wonder nobody wants to do this and not go to church. And he stormed out. And my mom came and picked me up from Awana and she told me that she prayed that if she had a chance to witness this guy, she would see him on her way home, just driving the normal way home. We lived out in the middle of nowhere. So I was like... Mom, we're not going to see this guy. You know, it's been like an hour. And um, not two minutes later, she saw him on the side of the street, pulled over, got him, took him to the pharmacy, got him the medication he needed, and um, witnessed him. And it was just those little little stories all the time that I'll remember. I'm uh, Robert Ruth's son, um, Bobby, to many of you. Um, not really comfortable with public speaking, so if none of you would actually look at me while I'm up here, I'd appreciate it. Um, my mom was, uh, she was a force of nature. She was the center of the family. Um, I guess most families have someone like that. Um, and I know that she would have wanted, as been mentioned before, she would have wanted this to be a celebration of life. And uh, as believers, we don't mourn passing, as non-believers do. Um, I didn't have anything prepared, but now that they're sharing anecdotes, I, I did remember something. Uh, my brother and I both served in, in the Army. We both served in the Army right after high school. They, you know, growing up, they told us when you're 18, there's the door. So we went to go serve Uncle Sam for a little bit. And I was stationed in Germany at the time and uh, in formation, first thing in the morning. And the first sergeant called me up in front of 300 men. And he said, your mother called at 3 o'clock in the morning last night to say happy birthday. <laughs> so that was my mom. She could, uh, she could be embarrassing. At times, and she was uh, she could be loud, but she was very special. I miss her uh, very much already. But at the same time, I'm I'm happy for her. Thank you all for coming.
stay my height. A little short. So uh, I'm uh, Nana, or Ruth is Ruth's granddaughter, Samantha. And we, I was called out for, you know, not being religious. It's me. But uh, while I am very sad about this, some good did come out of this. Kind of disassociating from the family for a few years. And, uh, this situation has given me an opportunity to connect with everybody again. Which I'm happy about. I love you too. <laughs> uh, Nana was great. She was <laughs> crazy. Always messaging me at like the most inopportune times and trying to keep in contact with me. Get out, I'm gonna miss that. And uh, now that she's gone, I'm gonna be doing that to all of you. I don't, you're gonna be on the toilet, or it's gonna be like three in the morning, gonna be like, Eddie, how's it going? Dad, you work? Like, like this photo, it's funny. She will be missed, but I, I loved her. We all did. I know where I got my sense of humor from, and uh, apparently speeding, something I enjoy doing. I know, I know uh, the stories I've heard over the past couple of days. Apparently I got that from Nana. I, I like going like 30, 30 miles per hour over the speed limit. I'm gonna <laughs> try to calm that down. I love you guys, all of you. Family members, I'm gonna try and keep in contact more often. Uh, this is over. Hello. I'm Martina Haskins, and I met Ruth at Calvary Community Church in Port Townsend about six years ago. And our paths crossed many different ways, but it wasn't until six months ago when I moved to Maristone Island, and Ruth and I would walk at Fort Flagler State Park with Dog Piper, and we would pray for our adult kids, our grandkids, and little new baby Theodore, great-grandson, and Bobby, and Eddie, and Sarah, and Becca. We'd pray for all of them. As I look at all the room, the love in this room today, I think many of you probably heard Ruth say, give God the glory where it's due. And I'm guessing that many of us saw the Holy Spirit shining in Ruth and knowing that God got the glory for Ruth being our sister in Christ and how special that is. I want to conclude, but try to hold it together if I can. Ruth and I both had power bikes, and we would ride on Maristone Island. And probably many of you know she only had that bike for just a couple of weeks. She had the biggest smile riding her bike. And my final story is, I said, Ruth, you're kind of riding towards the center line. And I ride, I ride over to the right of the fog line. And Ruth looked at me like only Ruth could, and she said... The Lord will take me home when he wants to take me home. <laughs> and we know that happened on August 30th. Thank you. Good afternoon. Hallelujah. Amen. I am an evangelist. I am her favorite nephew from the Bay Area. I take that claim because her children told me that and she told me herself. I am here in obedience to my more specifically to the Holy Spirit, that when there is a gathering of believers, I need to share a little bit about the gospel. Amen? Ruth 
and I would talk so much about the Bible, they would become sometimes heated conversations. She was so passionate about the things that she believed in. For many years, she was so passionate about the Lord coming back that that was one of our heated debates and arguments. So I picture her praying, Lord, if you're not going to let me know when you're coming back, then better just take me home now. So the Lord said, well, it's not for you to know when I'm coming back, so let's go home. <laughs> See, the Word of God says that Jesus said, in my Father's house there are many mansions, and I go to prepare a place for you, so that where I am, you will be also. And that's where she is. The sister who got up said that they were lucky to have a sister in Christ like my dear Eunice. Amen. She would tell me, Billy, don't ever lose the chance to share the gospel with someone. Billy, if I die, I want you to pray to preach at my funeral. Well, here I am. I waited for the siblings, the children, the two grandchildren that wanted to speak to go because my cousin told me that I need to be last because he knew I was going to end up sharing the word. See, the word of God tells us that now, those of us who believe, now have the right to be called the children of God. Amen. See, everybody is a creation of God, but not everybody is a child of God unless you physically get down on your knees and cry out to him, Abba, Father, I believe in your Son, and I accept and receive him as my personal Lord and Savior. And that is why, as a family of God, of the body of Christ, we are brothers and sisters in Christ, and I had that conversation with Matia Eunice, and I told her straight up, I am more proud that you are my sister in Christ than that you are my aunt. And she understood it. Because there are family members who have parents or who have kids, and that's their father and mother, but it's not their brother and sister in Christ. There are family members who have kids, but those kids are not their brother and sister in Christ. And the day I became a believer, and the day I gave my life to the Lord, my mom said to me, finally the Lord answered that prayer. Now, being a believer doesn't make me perfect. Being a believer makes me sure of who I am and where I will go when the Lord calls me home. And if there's anybody here with any doubts of how to get to heaven, if there's anyone here who has conversations about, oh, I think there's various ways to get to heaven. John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one, no one comes to the Father except through me, said Jesus Christ. There is no other way. There is no other road. The Word of God says the path of discretion is wide and many will go in it. And the path of salvation is narrow and few will enter it. The question I ask you today, if you are not a believer, if you are not a follower of Jesus Christ, is do you have a room in that mansion that he's prepared for you? Yes, I do. <laughs> Amen. Or do you have doubts about where you're going to go and where you're going to be? Or do you believe that when you die, all you're going to do is be put into a ground or, or, or incinerated as my aunt was? You want to take that chance to find out that way? So on the drive here, and I don't think this is an accident, on the drive to the airport with my mom, the Lyft driver asked, where are 
are you guys going? Washington. Why? My mom said, because my sister passed away. And he said, oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. My mom says, it's okay, she's in a better place. And he said, that's very nice to hear. That's good to hear. That's right. I lost my brother. This is the Dick driver speaking. I lost my older brother, well, very close to years ago, and I was so hurt. Because after I lost him, I, I had a dream, and he was in the darkness. And he said, so I began to pray. And he said that as I prayed and prayed for him to come to the light, I had another dream where he came to the light. So I was able to save him and bring him to the light. And that's when I said, oh, hold on. We don't believe we can save anybody. We're Christians. He says, well, I was a Christian, but now I'm this. And now that's what I believe, that we can still pray for the dead and save them and bring them to the light. Never once did he say heaven and hell. He kept saying the light and the darkness, the light and the darkness. I said, no, the word of God says that when a person goes, the soul returns to him who gave it. And God is the one who gives the soul. God is the one who judges that soul. And he goes, but it doesn't hurt to pray for the dead. I said, but it doesn't help. I don't need to pray for my Tia Eunice. She is physically, lyrically, and spiritually in a better place. She's in a place, as the pastor said, with no fear, no pain, no sorrow. This is a promise in the word of God. We are the ones that are left behind to suffer and to mourn and to go through the pains and the aches of losing a loved one. And believe me, I know what it's like to lose a loved one. But there is no greater feeling than knowing that the loved one is in the everlasting arms of the Lord. I would be mourning my aunt if she was not a believer. I would be crying in pain for my aunt if she was not a believer. But because she is a faithful believer and follower of my Lord Jesus Christ, I know I will see her again. I know that she is in a better place. So I'm not going to give up the chance to ask you, do you know where you're going when the Lord calls you? See, the Word of God says we all have an appointed time. And there's nothing we can do to change that appointed time. That time is meant for us to go when He says, go. You're done. Your life is through. And there's nothing we can do to change that. But if you believe in Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, Death should have no hold on you. Death should have no fear in you. The word of God says he gave us victory over death. Why do we fear something that man has to go through? Every single one of us in here will pass away and die unless the Lord comes back before you do. Why do we fear that if we're a true believer and Christian and follower of Jesus Christ? Why do we fear like the verse that says, for those of us who long to be in heaven. Maybe she longed a little too much. <laughs> My mom's been longing for over 20 years. My mom prays, Lord, take me. My dad prays, don't take her. My dad says, the Lord listens to me, not to her. <laughs> My dad and I have conversations about death and our time coming when it will come. But as a believer, I understand that I have a purpose, and my purpose is to share the word of God. And just like my aunt, I take every opportunity, like with that lift driver in the car. My mom was actually tapping me in the face, and I didn't stop. 
someone who was already dead. If it were that easy, why wouldn't they become Christians? If it were that easy, why wouldn't they accept the Lord? If there was another way in, why would I follow Jesus Christ? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one, no one comes to the Father except through me. My aunt believed that. My aunt did that. We shared conversations, biblical conversations together. And to be a part of the body of Christ is one of the greatest joys in my life. That there are brothers and sisters all over the world. When I am invited to preach somewhere, I am not a guest speaker. I am a member of the body of Christ coming to speak to the family of God. For those of you here today who are brothers and sisters in Christ, amen. And for those of you who are on the fence or who aren't, I will pray for you. Because I love you as the Lord teaches me to love my neighbor as I love myself. Have a good day. God bless. Thank you very much. There's some good preaching there. And, uh, and um, so I'm going to share the gospel message. It's been shared several times today. And you can never hear the gospel message enough. I'm going to share the gospel message. Gospel is the good news of salvation through Jesus. And uh, I'm going to share the gospel message for two reasons. Number one, uh, I always want to share the gospel message. You know, Paul said, woe is me if I don't preach the word. And... Uh, but number two, I don't want to get to heaven someday and have Ruth yelling at me for not <laughs> preaching the gospel at her memorial service. So, so, you know, with Job, God's people praise the Lord in good times and in bad times. You know, we, don't, we didn't want to say goodbye to Ruth. I thought we were going to have Ruth for another 30 years, you know. And her and Robert were perfect, perfect match. Robert was so stoic. So quiet, so proper, and then Ruth was Ruth, and uh, and you mentioned the uh, brother that was up here mentioned about a debate about end time prophecies. I had a few of those with Ruth, and I I lost every one, but uh, but uh, she was stubborn, and don't let anybody don't let anybody lie to you. Being stubborn is not bad as long as you're stubborn for Jesus. Ruth was stubborn for Jesus. But we, we trust the Lord. We know he's good in the good times and the bad times. We hate to say goodbye to Ruth, but believe me, she, she's enjoying it right now. So we don't always understand God's ways till we trust him to work all things for our good. We know that we suffer now, but the day will come when Jesus is going to wipe away our tears, defeat death, and make all things new. Only through Jesus can death be defeated. God the Son became a man. Left the throne room of heaven. God the Son became a man and died on the cross for our sins. He paid the price for our sins. He took our punishment for us. You see, God, God is totally just. Being totally just means that God cannot forgive sin unless it's been paid for in full. So the only way that sinners like me and like you can get to heaven 
is if an ultimately worthy substitute sacrifice for our sins is made. And Jesus as God the Son is ultimately worthy, but in order to die and to represent mankind, the Lord Jesus became a man and died on the cross for our sins, paid the price for our sins, took our punishment upon himself so that God could remain just and yet, and yet justify the ungodly like you and me. And then through Jesus' bodily resurrection, Jesus has conquered death, man's greatest enemy. You know, Blaise Pascal always pointed that out, that people act like uh, they're so smart and this and that, and they can reject Christianity. Look, man's greatest enemy is this thing called death. And you can divert your attention from it. You can distract yourself from that fact. The, the fact is, if Jesus doesn't come back first, there's going to be a ceremony like this for you someday. And so Blaise Pascal said, what do most people do? You know what they do because of death? They go dancing. They divert their attention. He said dancing because back then, it's like hundreds of years ago. They didn't have computer games, they didn't have television, they didn't have radio. People, we divert our attention. He said, no, you got to face it. Death is an enemy, and if, it, if, death, if death wins, you lose. Okay? And you can wallow in despair. You can divert your attention, play games, or you can acknowledge that you need to look for deliverance. And then Blaise Pascal acknowledged that the Lord Jesus, the risen Savior, has conquered man's greatest enemy. He has conquered death for us through his death and resurrection. We have to admit that we're sinners and that we cannot save ourselves. Ruth, Ruth made that real clear. Like, like her nephew with the cab driver. I don't like, I don't know, I myself, I don't like to argue with the guy who's driving, the, <laughs> driving me around, but, but uh, uh, look, you can't save yourself. You can't save other people. You've got to acknowledge you're a sinner. You cannot save yourself. And then you must trust in the Lord Jesus alone for salvation and ask him to be your savior. It's not Jesus plus Sigmund Freud. It's not Jesus plus your good works. You've got to trust in the Lord Jesus alone for salvation. Those who trust in Jesus for salvation and worship him as God the Son receive the free gift of eternal life, and they'll spend eternity with the Lord. Only through Jesus can death, man's greatest enemy, be defeated. The Bible teaches it's appointed for man to die once, and then comes the judgment. We should not lie to ourselves. Only Jesus has conquered the grave. Only Jesus can deliver us. Only Jesus can save us. And so if Ruth were here right now, she'd be telling you, ask Jesus right now to be your Savior. Don't wait till tomorrow. Don't wait till the day after tomorrow. Right now, if you haven't trusted in Jesus for salvation yet, ask Jesus to be your Savior. Trust in Him alone for salvation. Receive Him as your Savior and walk with Him all the days of your life, as Ruth did. Ruth Roddick was a woman after God's own heart. She loved the Lord Jesus and shared the gospel with anyone who would listen. She was a faithful wife, mother, and friend 
And she set an excellent example for others in our church and for her family as to the urgency of sharing the gospel with others. Ruth was always quick to encourage others to love and serve Jesus with all their hearts. She never compromised in the faith. She persevered until she met her king and savior, the Lord Jesus, face to face. Now, I'm sure that Jesus told her, well done, thou good and faithful servant. So for those out there that don't believe, you, you got to say, look, there is a God and you're not him. Okay? This is not your universe. Okay? There's a God, you're not him, you need to get with his program. And the only way to do that is through the crucified and risen king, the Lord Jesus. And, uh, and so... Uh, if you're not saved, you need to say, or you need to right now to just acknowledge, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. I can't save myself. I'm going to trust in you alone for salvation. If you are saved, then you ought to live like Ruth lived. Some of us are saved and we think, well, you know, Lord Jesus took care of that. So I'm just going to kind of slime through life. Not Ruth. Moment by moment, hour by hour, day by day, she served the Lord Jesus. So I'm sure the Lord Jesus told her, well done, thou good and faithful servant. What's Jesus going to tell us when we see him face to face? Well, Ruth was a warrior. This warrior for Christ has gone home, and right now she's with her God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Yeah, we're going to miss Ruth, miss her already, but we rejoice that she no longer suffers. She is with King Jesus and the saints of old. So if Ruth were here, she'd be saying the same thing that everyone up here has been saying. And that's don't trust in yourself. Trust in the Lord Jesus. There is salvation in no one else. God loves us so much he sent Jesus to die on the cross for our sins. And then he raised him from the dead to conquer death for us. So trust in him for salvation and then say what Ruth always said. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Come back, Lord Jesus, and make things right upon the earth. Seats. 
Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. With all creation I sing praise to the King of Kings. You are my everything, and I will adore you. Jesus, your name is power, breath, and living water, such a marvelous mystery. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. All creation I sing. To the King of Kings, you are my everything, and I will adore you. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. With all creation, I sing praise to the King of Kings. You are. Psalm 23, David spoke these words, which have echoed throughout the ages. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. 
Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The Apostle John tells us, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. I saw the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God. Now the dwelling of God is with men, and he will live with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now was blind, but now I see. T'was grace that taught my heart to sing, and grace my fears Did that grace appear the hour I first believed through many dangers, toils, and snares. I have already come. T'was grace that brought me safe thus far, and grace shall lead me home. Ten thousand.
shining as the sun. We've no less days to sing God's praise than when we first begun. I am weak, but thou art strong. Jesus, keep me from all wrong. I'll be satisfied as long as I walk. Let me walk close to thee. Just a closer walk with thee. Granted, Jesus is my plea. Daily walking close to thee. Let it be, dear Lord, let it be. Through this world of toils and snares, if I falter, Lord, who cares? Who with me my burden shares? None but thee, dear Lord, none but thee. Just a closer walk with thee. Granted, Jesus is my plea. Daily walking close to thee. Let it be, dear Lord, let it be. When my feeble life is o'er, time for me will be no more. Guide me gently, safely o'er, to thy kingdom shore, to thy shore. Just a closer walk with thee. Granted, Jesus is my plea. Daily walking close to thee. Let it be, dear Lord, let it be. Bow your heads, we'll close in prayer.
Dear Lord, we thank you that you have received our sister Ruth into your presence and that you will care for her until that day when she is reunited with her family and friends. We pray that you comfort her family member and friends right now as well as Trinity Bible Fellowship so that we can experience your joy, your peace, and your patience. We ask, O oh Lord, that you equip us to come alongside Robert and his family to help them and to be their faithful friends. Finally, we long for the day when you return, Lord Jesus, to reign upon the earth, for at the last you will take your stand upon the earth and make all things new. When you return, Lord Jesus, we know you will bring our sister Ruth with you. And we await that day, Lord. In Jesus' precious name, we pray. Amen. Well, the Roddick family and Trinity Bible Fellowship now invite you to join us as we enjoy some refreshments and have a time of fellowship. It's also a time to reflect and share memories of Ruth Roddick with one another. And please enjoy the slide presentation celebrating Ruth and her life well lived, serving her great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. 